What's going on, Niner fam? It's been a long time. It feels like a long time to me, but uh, to me, it's been a long time. And it is, I think today is Thursday. I'm pretty sure I'm on vacation, so I'm on vacay time. But great vacation with the family. We It's time for us to get into these OTAs and mini camps. And can we really, lo- can somebody really lose a job? from OTAs and minicamp. We're going to talk about all of it, but before we get to any of it, you know we got to hit the music. Ladies and gentlemen, i like to know. Are you ready for start time? Once again, what's going on, y'all? It is, and my voice is a little hoarse because I've been yelling at kids for the last four days, but but the, my name is Peter Lucas. This is the Niner Fanatic Podcast, and we came today to talk about OTAs, mini camps, and really the the, the roster and what what you know, what's going on in those OTAs and mini camps, who's looked good, who hasn't looked good. Does it even matter? is the question. And, but before we get into any of it, make sure that you give this video a like, make sure that you give it a subscribe, make sure that you hit the bell notification. So you get the notifications for when I go live and, and yeah, like uh, welcome, welcome to the Niner Fanatic podcast. And man, it uh, feels like forever since I've done a show, but uh, like, I'm really happy that, that you came through and came to take a look, but I feel like I've missed a whole bunch of things, even though it was it's been really it's been gotta be one of the slowest off seasons I think we've seen in a long time as far as from the news standpoint. And I think teams have finally I've talked about this many times about I think that teams are were finally starting to wise up to the to the uh to the insiders and stop leaking so much information almost leaking misinformation going to that point to to kind of take people off the scent of what they were actually doing and other teams also like uh, nobody you you lose all your leverage in a negotiation when everybody knows what you're doing so uh, it only makes sense to give those insiders misinformation I i think the teams have been doing that for a minute a couple of years now and uh but I think it's just now catching up with the insiders and they're getting kind of called out a lot for for that misinformation that they're giving out. And I mean, couldn't happen to nicer guys, I, I got to say. Like, But when we when we get down to it and we talk about how slow this offseason has been as far as from a news perspective, um, I mean, even to the down to the videos in camp, we would have seen so much footage if this was at the same time last year. We saw so much footage, and they've limited the time that the uh, that the the beat writers can go, the media can go in and 
and uh, take that footage and talk about and see the see the practices. So it, it really kind of limits all of us as to what is going on with the team. All we have to go off of is really what the beat writers have said, what the what the video that the team puts out. And with that being said, like, uh, honestly, we haven't seen anything that didn't really that that is really surprising. I would say all the stuff that I've heard so far doesn't surprise me at all uh, because we, I want to start We you know, we got to start with the, with the quarterback position because most important position on the team. And I know a lot of people are tired of talking about the the quarterback position, but we have no choice. <laughs> like we have no choice, but to talk about it because our season hinges it lived and died by that last season. Like, as you could see, when we got down, we went through three, four quarterbacks last year. And so it is, it's just really important. Let's just put it that way. So with that being said, so far, OTA's minicamp, from the vibe that I get is that Trey looks a whole bunch better than he did last season. Got it. Uh, Darnold has looked like Darnold for the most part, from what I'm, from what I'm hearing and from what I'm understanding, like, uh, and from what we've heard from the other beat writers, he's, he looks like Darnold. He's going to make those, he's going to make some, some mistakes. He's going to, he's going to be steady, but it's not going to be, it's not going to look otherworldly. We know what Darnold is. Uh, and then you've got, uh, Brandon Allen, the, uh, who was perfect for like two two days or whatever it was, and and people even read into that, which is, I mean, come on guys, <laughs> but but you know anybody at this point it was the people that were praising Brandon Allen were the guys that are anybody but Trey Lance. They just don't want to see Trey Lance for whatever reason. I I don't get it. Like, uh, but you would think you would just want the best person the best person in the, and not to say Trey is the best person because we don't, we don't really know who the best person is. I, I would say at this point, like I said, the reason why I asked the question, can you lose a job in OTAs and minicamp is I don't think that there's anything Trey Lance can do or Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen can do for that point to, to take away Brock Purdy's spot. And I don't think it can happen. I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. If Brock Purdy is ready to go, if, if he's ready to go, like, and I mean, prior to week one, if he gets cleared before week one and he has a chance to uh, to really get into the game plan and, and uh, practice with the pads and all the other stuff, I think that's a wrap for who I, I don't think it's a competition. Because what you can't I, I'll say this. What Trey has that Brock Purdy doesn't does not equate to what Brock Purdy has that Trey doesn't, if that makes sense. So the reality is, is what what Brock has can't be practiced. It can't be practiced. The only thing it can do, the only thing you can do in those situations is you need reps. You need experience because that's what Brock Purdy has. You can't, and this goes for almost everything in life. You you see a lot of. I'm going to use this as an analogy because it comes close to it comes close to my heart. 
let's be real. I don't have a degree. I have worked retail for 25. I worked my way up from a bagger in grocery to a store manager. And through hard, a lot of hard work, a lot of experiences, some good, some bad, but it's a lot of, a lot of experience, life experience. And that was how I worked my way up. The, and that's how I can outwork the people, the guys that are fresh out of school that have degrees in business management and like all the other stuff I can, but I'm a better store manager than they are because I understand the business because I have the experience to know what to do and what not to do in certain situations. So that's what Brock Purdy has over Trey Lance. And it's, you cannot replace that with anything but experience. So it's going to, Trey is going to need experience to get on Brock's level. He's not going to get on Brock's level by fixing mechanics. He's not going to get on his level by, uh, by, by practice reps, OTA reps, and like all the other stuff. Even when they put on the pads in train in actual training camp, he's not going to be able to replace Brock's experience, especially considering, especially considering the fact that Brock has played more games in the pros than than Trey Lance and not only college, but in the pros also. And he's played in the playoffs. And he won games in the playoffs. There's no possible way that he is going to just take the job from him in OTAs. It's just not going to happen. So this is is the thing. Oh, what's going on, Roberto? Appreciate you coming through, fam. Thanks for hearing my rant about experience and uh and you know we're 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 really it's not that because people have made up their mind about trey pretty much trey brock purdy everybody has a side at this point i I, i'm gonna say it again i don't have a side with this but i appreciate you coming through roberto and uh but i don't have i don't have a side i just want the best player to the to play and that goes for a quarterback position that goes for offensive line position that goes for uh, edge that goes for defensive tackle, every position. I don't care if it's the third round kicker we picked. If Zane Gonzalez is a better kicker than I want, then, then, uh, then I want him to get the job. I don't care who, like what, it, what it looks like. I want the best player. And that's the way it feels like Kyle and Lynch in them do business is they don't really care where you were drafted. That's just how you get your foot in the door. What they care about is who's playing the best. And people are going to disagree with with their methods because and I agree with this with this take also is that I think that they did the whole situation wrong. I think they mismanaged this whole situation. But at the same time, we it is what it is. It is what it is and we are where we are. So all you can do at this point is put out the best person for the job. And that I, I mean, I can't argue. I think that the best person for the job right now, currently, if we're just talking about winning football games and a guy that's going to run the offense better than anybody on this roster, it's going to be Brock Purdy. Because he has the experience because he has that 
he has the command. And I thought I've always thought that this was stupid when people brought it up for Jimmy, but it's true that the the command of the huddle. And Roberto asks, is Troy, Trey throwing at practice? Of course he is. Like uh he's throwing and he's making some good throws. He's made a couple of he's made a couple of bad throws, but they said he's looked better. They said he's looked he's looked ten, ten times better than he looked uh, the previous year, but honestly, that's not what it's about. Because it, like, great, he fixed his footwork. Great, his base looks a ton better. That's awesome. Like, uh, and I love that he's doing that for himself because those are those are things obviously that he needed to fix. But when it comes down to knowing where to go with the ball, trusting in in your experience in where to throw the ball and when. When it comes to that kind of stuff, you can't, he's not going to beat Brock Purdy in those situations. Like, Brock knows where to go with the ball. He is, uh, people have, uh, the team has utmost confidence in him in the huddle. Uh, he's, he's a leader. <laughs> he's a leader. And he has that type of, of, uh, I don't know how to, what the word for it is, but he has that, just that leadership. He has the when you look at him, you see leader, if that makes any sense. And it's not that Trey can't develop that, but we haven't seen it thus far. I would love to see some of that in because if Trey can show some of that in preseason, uh, I still don't think that he's going to take over for Brock. Purdy. I still don't think that they they put him in instead of Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy can go, I feel like they're probably going to start Brock Purdy. And I don't necessarily think that it's a bad thing. I think that Trey needs to to take that as a, not that he hasn't already because it's his whole tenure as a 49er has been a humbling experience, right? But at the same time, he needs to take that as a another, put a, put another chip on the shoulder. And when he's, when, 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 his number comes up and it's time that for him to play, he's ready to go because I don't think that they're, I still don't think that they're going to trade him. I, I just don't see it with how this team goes through quarterbacks. And from what we've seen from Sam Darnold, what we know Sam Darnold is uh, as well as, uh, and Brandon Allen, I, that people can say that he's a backup to, to uh, Joe Burrow. I don't care. Like, I mean, we know, I think we all know what that is also. And so with that being said, I just don't see how, I just don't see how they just get rid of him. I mean, they, it could happen because we know the 49ers have done a lot of things over the last few years that, that I, that I was surprised by, but, but it would be, that would be really surprising. I think that they're going to keep him throughout this season and whatever happens, happens. But we've seen the 49ers cannot get through a season with uh, with a healthy quarterback all the way through the season. So if people think that just because Brock Purdy starts the season as QB one, that that's just a wrap and that's a done deal they're they're mistaken. <laughs> they're mistaken. It would be un- it would be not unprecedented, but it's only happened one other time for for uh, for Shani that he had a healthy quarterback all all the way through since he's been with the 49ers. So. I hi, it's highly improbable that it's probable 
that that number two, whoever the number two is, is going to get to start multiple games. Probably. And and I can and as good as I and as much as I love Brock, he's I've said it since the beginning, uh, since the first time he started, he's little. He looks little. He's not a thick, he's not a thick guy. And I don't think he can take a whole bunch of hits. And what happens, what happens quite a bit in the in the Shanahan offense is they take a lot of hits. <laughs> they take a lot of hits because it's a risk and reward type of offense. Like uh they will let a guy go or block him with a third string tight end to uh to get somebody else open and you're co- they're trusting in the quarterback to get the ball out on time. And if they don't get it on time, you have a UCL injury. <laughs> you have a high ankle sprain. You have a, a whole bunch of different injuries that these, that all of the quarterbacks have had over the years under Kyle Shanahan in the for, for the 49ers. So with that being said, I love it that tra- that Trey looks good. Love it that that uh, Sam Darnold looks capable. Like, uh, but I am they've they've told us over and they've been telling us for a while now. They've been telling us for a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, Roberto says only do my best to support Javon Kinlaw last the this last season. Uh, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, Javon slimmed down again. I'm wondering what they're going to do with Javon. I think that he's going to be stuck in as much weight as it looks like he's lost so far. I think they might be using him as almost, um, who was the guy that they got? Uh, I'm going to look it up for you. I got to look it up. Oh, where is it? Oh, this is... Who was it? Solomon Thomas. I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, I I think that they're probably going to end up using him like a Solomon Thomas, like uh, just a situational pass rusher from the interior, which... Is going to be kind of weird because he's not a pa- he's not a natural pass rusher, and Kinlaw is. It, I, I'm pulling for the guy. He's worked a ton to get back on the field, but if he has to lose that much weight to to be on the field, it's going to take away what makes him what makes him a viable player, in my opinion. Because he's usually when you use those undersized. Those undersized defensive tackles, it's they're using them as situational pass rushers. And it's on those NASCAR packages. But a 290-pound defensive tackle, you're not going to use on first down, usually. <laughs> like because they because they're not going to be able to hold up against the run. And that's his strength, is holding up against the run. So I it, it's gonna be really interesting. I'm pulling for him. Like uh, but but yeah, I just 
I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing how they're going to use him. I, I hope it works out. I think that they have, it's not just his size. It's that they have a ton of depth and they have a ton of serviceable players uh, for that spot. And I just don't know, especially with Javon Hargrave, Javon Hargrave coming in. Um, it's one more guy that, you know, he's getting a spot. Like, I mean, it's not even a question and he's probably going to play three, at least he's probably a three down guy. So it's that, that takes away some of your snaps at the very least, but, but yeah, to the quarterback thing, like I said, happy that, that Trey is looking as good as he is, uh, happy that, that Darnold looks serviceable. Happy that Brandon Allen looks like he could make it to the practice squad and be a serviceable guy just to hang out on the practice squad. Happy about all of that. I mean, and honestly, I'm happy that we have a Brock Purdy that can run the offense at the level that he does. Now, I'm interested in seeing if he if he can take a step forward, not having a full offseason program to to have. Uh, that's going to be an interesting tidbit and can is that going to give teams the ability to catch up to what he does that's going to be an interesting storyline throughout throughout the the minute uh like uh, as we get closer to the start of the season and is he going to be the starter week one is is do the teams catch up we have a tough matchup very week one week one you don't be this is it's going to be a really good defense in pittsburgh so, and they're going to get, they get to the quarterback. So it's going to be really interesting to see how, how they figure that, that out. Is he going to be ready week one? That's just the question, but we're talking about OTAs. We're talking about OTAs and minicamp, right? So I'm going to move off of the quarterback spot because I just think that it is, it is something that's really not moving the needle for me. We can talk. We can talk about how good the guys, uh, Darnold and and Trey Lance, look. But the guy that's actually that would be starting if he that will be starting if he's healthy isn't even on the field. So what are we doing? But it's a good thing that those guys are ready to go. And now I want to move on to the running back spot. So Elijah Mitchell already hurt. And I've said this over and over and over and over again, is that I feel bad for the kid because whenever he's on the field, he looks great. He looks great. I think that he's untapped uh, from as a receiver, and I think that he is one of those guys that that could be like if he could just stay healthy, he would be a monster. But he can't stay healthy, guys. Like he just can't, and it's not even funny. It's a, he just can't stay healthy, and CMC has looked, by all accounts, has looked good as CMC does, but the one guy, and we're gonna bring him up again. My all my Masonites out there, Jordan Mason. I've been talking about this guy since last training camp. We heard about him last training camp, blowing up all the beat writers. All of the uh, the content creators were talking about this guy, saying, "Watch out for this guy, Jordan Mason. He just looks really good." And all he did was end the season averaging six yards a carry. Like, I mean, 
and in in mop up duty, which means that like the team was knowing that you're going to run, and he still averaged six yards a carry. So, I Jordan Mason just needs to get a chance. And I think really what we're looking for from Jordan Mason is, and they said that he's taken strides already with uh, receiving, which I think is a really good sign for him. But the real sign for me is is to take away the excuse that they had last year for uh, for Jordan Mason, which is the pass blocking. Has he improved on the pass blocking aspect? Which I don't think that we'll really get to find that out until training camp. But if that is cleaned up, how do you keep this guy off the field? He has done nothing but excel the whole time. You've heard nothing but good reports from Jordan, Jordan Mason. You have never heard any beat writer. You have never heard any content creator ever said he looked bad. He's consistent. And it's it's something that I would like to see. I think that all the Masonites out there would love to see. He's uh, he's an explosive guy, a phys- big physical. And if he's catching balls, pause like uh, it. But if he's catching balls, pause. It's not it's it, it just you've got to get him on. You've got to find a way to get him the ball, period. Uh, I haven't heard much of anything about TDP yet. So, I mean, he's just right now he's a forgotten man, which which leaves the door open for my other guy that I'm pulling for in this offset off season, which is Kalen LeBorn. I think that he is a guy that could possibly take up that he's a little bit more dynamic than TDP. And he's a guy that I just Jordan Mason is what the is what they want TDP to be in my opinion. So, and Kalen LeBorn is that gives you a different dynamic. He's almost like a bigger, uh, bigger hasty to me. That's what, uh, if anybody remembers Jermichael haste, but he's like a bigger version. It seems like to me. And I, I can't wait to see some film on his cut on his cutbacks and some of just his, uh, I just want to see him how he hits the hole. I want to see some film on that. I've seen, I mean, I've seen what he looks like in college, but it's different when you get in the pros. We all know that. Otherwise, TDP would be a monster, right? So it's that is a whole nother aspect. Like, and I think that that running back room could be really dynamic. Uh, if this is the thing, if Elijah Mitchell can't go, and I hate to even say that about him, but I think we're at a point to where they're going to end up having to cut bait because of his availability. He's just not available. Does he take does he take up a roster spot? Does he take up a roster spot when uh when you've got other guys that have that haven't proven that they're that they're injury prone? Availability, especially on the 49ers is your best availability is your best ability. So I think that uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep an eye on it, but I'm going to, but I, my, my, if I was, if it was me, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting the healthiest people out there. And at the very least, you're trying to, to make a trade or something to that effect, because Elijah Mitchell, as much as talented as he is, he's got to find a way to stay healthy. He's got to find a way period. Because I don't think at this point that you can blame the offense like you do on the on the quarter at the quarterback position. But 
But now, okay, wide receiver. Wide receiver. So by all accounts, by all accounts, Brandon Ayuk has looked like a complete monster. And that he is, in my mind, he is wide receiver. He was wide receiver one last year. At, by the end of last year, he was wide receiver one to me. I know Debo is, when he when he gets the ball in his hands, he is dynamic and that he ha- adds a whole nother aspect. But as a true wide receiver, I really see Brandon Ayuk. Brand, I don't think you can cover Brandon Ayuk one-on-one. I just don't think I don't think there's any cornerback in this league. He's given he has given every single cornerback in this league fits at one point or another. So I just think that it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really difficult for anybody to cover that man. I think he is our wide receiver one. And I think Debo actually feels the pressure to to catch up because of his own comments. Because of Debo's own comments. Look at look at what he said the other day. He said that he was terrible. He said that he was te- he said he was awful. Those were his words. He looked at his tape from last year. He said it was awful. That they spent time looking at the tape and he didn't ever want to put that bad tape on film again. Those were his words. So this isn't me just speculating. This is Debo taking some accountability, which I love. I love it. Taking some accountability. And and just saying that he has to be better. It's really that simple. So does Debo become more of a complete wide receiver? Which I feel like he took a step back from when he when they started all the wide back stuff. Because his rookie year, he was a good wide receiver. He was a good wide receiver. And people forget before they started the wide back stuff, he was already over a thousand yards <laughs> receiving. So they they just need to go back to using him as a wide receiver. I think I think that that but in order for them to do that, I think that Debo has to go into it in shape. He has to go into it with the thought process that I'm going to become a better wide receiver because that if he sees on tape what we saw, which is lazy routes, uh, which just kind of just late kind of lazy play altogether uh, at times. And not all the time, but at times it was just lazy play. And I think that he got paid. the The contract was a distraction. He didn't come in in shape. He was sluggish. He this is all self admittedly. So this isn't something that I'm just making up about the guy. Like uh, I love Debo. I think he is a leader. I didn't like the fact that he didn't show up to the the voluntary part because if you're going to talk about that, you saw all this bad tape on on film and everything why aren't you in the why aren't you in the building working that that's how i look at it that's i and i get it he didn't have to be there it's it's voluntary i understand it at the same time if you're a leader on the squad and and people are going to say well what about nick bosa okay i and i i don't disagree <laughs> I don't disagree. I think I would have liked Nick Bosa to be there. Now I can understand why he, during his, with his uh, situation, with his contract situation, why he wouldn't be there any time where he doesn't have to be. But I don't think that Nick Bosa is that type of player. And 
honestly, I don't even really look at Nick Bosa like a leader type, a leader type. I think he leads by he's one of those guys that just leads by example. He's going to go out there and just ball out. And that's how that's his leadership is. He's just a he's just a baller. Like uh, Fred Warner's leader of that defense, in my opinion. But it's but as far as as far as Debo goes and this wide receiver group, I've heard Jawan Jennings dropping a lot of balls, which we heard of him dropping a lot of balls last OTAs in minicamp. This is not new for him. That it's uh I think he's one of those players that's like a Jimmy. He plays better in the game. I don't think that this team is gonna lose is gonna lose any kind of how do you put it? They're not gonna they're not gonna lose any uh confidence in his game and what he can do, what he brings. Because a lot of what he brings is intangible. It's not it's not the physical. He doesn't have a lot of speed, but what he does bring is physicality. He brings that blocking. He brings that chippiness. Uh, and that that's what Jawan Jennings brings. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod has looked good from all, from all accounts. Uh, I think he's had maybe one or two drops, but I mean, for the most part, they said he's looked really good. Danny Gray looks like Danny Gray last year from what I'm understanding. And I might be wrong when I say that. But what I've what uh, from how one of the beat writers and I'm man I apologize to whoever the it was that said this because I can't remember as many beat writers as are out there right now. But what I what I saw what I what I saw somebody say was that he looks basically it just looks like he doesn't have the time his timing down with those quarterbacks. So a lot of the time he's too fast. He's too fat. The by the time the the quarterback sees him, he's already gone. And he's not uh he's not really like he's not vibing with any one of the quarterbacks. And when I say vibing, he just they're not looking for him. It's almost like he's he's running his route. He hasn't like really gotten more technically sound with his routes. He isn't timing his routes right from what I understand. I'm just saying this from what I gather. And I would like to see him be able to control the speed because I think that it's great that you can burn run by people. But if the quarterback, if you're if you're the second read on the play, if you're the second read on the play and you've already run through the zone before uh, before the quarterback has even have a chance to go through his progressions, it's not going to matter because the quarterback's going to look over. You're already gone. And uh, he's got to be able to come up with uh, with a time with timing. He's got to build that timing with those build build that rapport with those quarterbacks. And that's something that I would have liked to hear about him doing in the offseason, which we didn't hear. We didn't really hear the quarterbacks working out with anybody. I mean, Trey wasn't really cleared until later on in the off in the off period. But uh, but none of the. None. And then, of course, Brock was hurt, but none of the quarterbacks worked out with any of the wide receivers, which is I think this is the first season I think I've uh, since the Shanahan regime regime happened that that's happened. Even even Jimmy worked out with the quarter with the wide receivers at one point. And so, yeah, that's I'm not I'm not quite sure as to how Danny Gray pushes himself 
into an into another level onto another level. We just haven't seen it. We haven't seen it. Hopefully he comes ready to go in training camp. Hopefully this little off period between mini camp and training camp, he will take the time to get with somebody and build up that timing. That's what we're hoping for. So uh, like, uh, so yeah, it's, I'm really, I'm really only going to talk about the offense today, but I, I do want to talk about the offensive line. Like in the offensive line from what, but from what, from all intents and purposes, from what I've heard, it looks really. They've they've looked pretty solid. They've looked pretty solid. And I do want to mention, Greasy had some interesting drills out there, rolling the ball like as an extra rusher to get the quarterback to step up in the pocket, which I thought was an interesting drill that I hadn't seen before. They had a couple of drills that uh, that I thought were pretty pretty interesting to get the quarterback uncomfortable, and uh, so I kind of like that. And but but yeah, the offensive line. Uh, they said that so far, so far, McKivitz has looked pretty good. Now, with that being said, it no, there's no pads right now, right now, and I think it's going to be a completely different situation when we get the pads on. And sorry, I keep I I keep uh, like forgetting to tap the screen, but the uh, it's going to be a different situation when the pads come on and and we really start getting physical because what i want i don't think i think that people are expecting mckivitz to be a better pass blocker i don't know that they're expecting what they're expecting from a run blocking standpoint and that's really what i want to see from mckivitz is how his run blocking is uh, i also want to see this battle between feliciano and brindle um, because Brent Feliciano has said that he's coming here to start and they've, they've all but, but declared Burford to be the starting right guard. So that leaves center because Aaron Banks is solidified. He ain't going anywhere either. So that leaves the center spot. And can he, can he get uh take over the spot from Brendel? And I, I think it's going to be, tough for him to come in and take a spot from a us in a, and not an all pro but a pro bowl alternate i think that he it's going to be tough sledding because brendel's been here for a couple of years now i think this is his third year with the team and he knows the system knows the timing of the system it's going to be tough sledding for feliciano to to win that spot but i think that it's a good problem to have uh for any for any of those positions to to get pushed, uh, Jalen Moore. For, I've heard conflicting rumors about him, so I don't know what it is. A lot. Uh, some uh, people said that he's looked terrible. Some people have said that he's actually looked well, like one of the better tackles that the 49ers have. So I, I don't know. Not one of the better. Not better than McKivitz, but on the left, he's been on the left side the whole OTA minicamp. So. Out of the left tackles that they have, they said that he, some people said that he looked the best. Some people that he said that he got his spot taken by another, uh, by another, uh, another guy that they brought in. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that, uh, I think that it's good that they have so much depth, but I mean, we shall see. And tight ends, uh, they said that Cameron Latu, I want to mention before we get out of here, Cameron Latu has looked pretty good like they said faster than than what we thought 
and which is going to be that's a that's a pleasant surprise if that's the case. Uh, if he is able to, I think he was clocked at just under Kittle's speed, and uh, th- that would be huge. Now they said he's not on Kittle's. They're not. He's not on Kittle's radar as far as blocking wise. Uh, that's something that's going to have to be developed, obviously, with Latu. But they've they've talked about him a couple of times. I haven't heard anything about Willis, so I'm wondering if Latu hasn't kind of separated himself a little bit when the when the pads aren't on, uh, and that's going to be an interesting that's going to be an interesting dynamic. That I think the battle between him and and Willis, uh, I really want to see. I'm interested to see what how that shakes out. Or and if they start just using all three, that because that could be a thing too, and that makes the the running game that could make the running game a little bit more dynamic than it has been in the past because they just haven't the 49ers have not had good tight end play other than Kittle, and that's that's just the way it is. But with that being said, all right, so I'm gonna get out of here tonight, but tomorrow. I'm gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit, a little bit of defense and the OTA minicamp stuff. Uh, the I'm really happy to be back, like uh, doing shows, and I can't wait to get more involved, get our community growing. So, with that being said, make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend so that we can be friends every day, every week, and and yeah, like uh, don't forget, I am on Twitter, I am on Facebook, I am on. YouTube, I am anywhere where you can get your your audio podcast. So if you don't feel like looking at this grill, feel free to uh, to subscribe or like or to to favorite me on your favorite podcast. Like uh, and let me know. Make sure that you give me a a rating. Make sure that you give me leave some comments. Uh, let me know what you'd like to see on the show more often. Uh, like I'm I am a very humble person, and I can take it. I have broad shoulders, so. Please let me know what you would like to see on the show. With that being said, we're going to get out of here. And I, but I appreciate Roberto coming through, coming through with a few uh, comments. And like I said, I'll see you guys tomorrow. But until then, as always, go Niners.